Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Briefly mentioned observation uh, but is the president plan to visit in toward Afghanistan? I don't have anything to preview to you at this time on a visit or travel to Puerto Rico. And then secondly, there are reports of a, a plane, the same plane that, that brought migrants to Martha's Vineyard last week, catching bringing migrants um, to the president's home state of Delaware. Is the White House tracking that situation? to working with state and local partners uh, to help uh, um, provide shelter and, and, and resources to those migrants. So yes, we, were, we have received uh, word of the flights, uh, and uh, yes, we are coordinating closely with state officials uh, and local service providers who are prepared to welcome uh, these families in an orderly manner as they pursue uh, their asylum claims. Thanks, Corrine. So good to know that White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre is going to welcome illegal immigrants with open arms. Just says to me that Texas or Arizona or Florida can send more to Delaware. This is an American problem. This is not human trafficking. And what a nonsensical argument it is. I've had people making this argument screaming at me now for weeks. Why are you okay with this? When they were transporting Jews around in Germany, were you okay with it? You want to talk about a way for me to completely dismiss you? It's because you engage the idea that somebody who comes freely to the United States of America ending up in Martha's Vineyard is the same as somebody being ripped from their home, their home being burnt to the ground, their property being stolen, and them being put in a ghetto. Well, a number is tattooed to their arm. And they're forced to wear an identification badge. You actually said that to me and then you expected to have a conversation? Are you surprised that you got muted on social media? Why would I ever want to hear from you again? If you notice why I haven't responded, it's because I found you to be wanting. You weren't worthy of the response with that kind of insane approach to a conversation. Son of a gun. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. By the way, phone number's always open. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. You got to love the people who want to, uh, you know, leave the comment on social media. That'll show them. They don't want to have the conversation. Or worse, what's worse, and and I, I had to instruct, uh, so Ryan's kind of new, so he doesn't know. Ryan, who has been uh, working the board on the show for a few weeks now. If somebody calls and says, I don't want to talk to Tony, but I just want to say, you don't listen. If they don't want to talk, your job is not to sit there and, 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 and hear people's commentaries. It's for us to share and engage. That's what we do. That's the whole point of the thing. You leave a, your, your comment is, oh, you're okay with moving migrants around. Huh, you are probably, you are probably just a fan of Hitler too. Everything for these people. Everything for these people just comes back to Hitler.
It's just unbelievable. Phone number 833-468-8669. Does big tech have a freewheeling right to uh, censor under the First Amendment? Federal court says no. The Fifth Circuit was taking a look at a Texas law that is trying to curb censorship by social media platforms. It says if you have a platform that has more than 50 million monthly users... You cannot censor or limit user speech based on viewpoint expression. That's a that's a mouthful right there. The um, platforms are saying it's our platform. And if we think something is hateful, we don't want to allow that on the platform, and that's all there is to it. The judge, federal judge Andrew Oldman of the Fifth Circuit, said that the platforms argued for, quote, a rather odd inversion of the First Amendment. Buried somewhere in the person's enumerated right to free speech lies a corporation's enumerated right to muzzle speech. Today, according to Judge Oldman of the Fifth Circuit, we reject the idea that corporations have a freewheeling First Amendment right to censor what people say. Now, this is kind of interesting because the 11th Circuit struck down um, a Florida social media law. So now you've got the Fifth Circuit saying one thing, the Eleventh Circuit saying another thing. That is priming the pump for the Supreme Court. Now I find myself saying, if a company wants to do X, Y, or Z, I don't know if I get to tell them they can't. But if the company is working, in, or the company in question is working in tandem with the federal government... Well, now we're in a whole different thing. First, when corporations work with the government to reduce the rights of the people, that is actual fascism. In terms of dictionary definitions, there there we go, as clear as day. But what happens, follow this, right? Because I think on, on, on its face, I think you're with me. You you and me, barstool, cigar in hand, which will be, be, uh, be me very soon. Um, you, we'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If a business wants to do X, a business can do X. Right? We, we're business owners, and, and, and we believe in this. But what happens when uh, the, the FBI um, comes knocking on uh, your door and says, hey, uh, that, that Hunter Biden story, it, 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 it's bunk. You shouldn't run with that. And you're like, uh, well, the New York Post has reported it. I mean, it's, it's the New York Post. Uh, People want to share that story, and and the FBI is like, you're not, you're not listening. We think you got a very nice thing going on here. What with 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 your social media and your tweets and you and your talking and your squawking. I don't know what I know. Is, is 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 it is it the squawkers, the twitters, whatever, whatever. It is. Very very nice. You know, it's very interesting. My kids are on it all the time, all the time. Oh, little Petey, little Polly. I can't get them off the thing. But uh, but this story, this story, this story, you see this story here. We don't, we don't like this story. This is a no good story. It's a problem story. This is a problem story. We're telling you, are we the FBI? Are we the uh, Tommy? Are we the FBI? We're the FBI there. And so if we're telling you, if we're telling you that you know this story is no good, I think that you should listen to us. You should listen to. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You should listen to us. Don't don't run this story. Don't run this story. I mean, you got you got a nice little you got a nice little thing here with your social media thing. It'd be a, it'd be a shame if something happened to it. You know what I mean? So this story, this Hunter Biden story, just move along. Okay? Capiche? That's what happened. 
That is everything of what happened. And if that's going to happen, then we're no longer engaged in a conversation about free speech or protected speech or the idea that you're trying to eliminate hate speech and you could actually feel the freaking air quotes coming all down from me because there's no such thing as hate speech. Oh, you fools who believe in hate speech. Speech you hate is not hate speech. You don't like it. Well, guess what? Other people don't like your speech, but they don't get to tell you you can't do it. I say this. I use it as my all-purpose example, Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan is a Jew-hating bigot. Not because I said so, but because he said so. He's allowed to speak. You know how many people would rather I wasn't allowed any platform whatsoever? I shouldn't be allowed on radio, I shouldn't be allowed on TV, shouldn't be allowed on video, I shouldn't be allowed uh, to write. You disagree with what I say, that's okay, that's fine. I shouldn't be allowed to say it? Ha! That's, that's crazy. That's surreal. What I say is hate speech, because you don't like it doesn't make it hate speech. That's not how it works. How it works. That's not how any of this works. So stop thinking it does. If the government is getting involved in saying, no, 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 not this, no, 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 not that, that's a problem. If you find that the totality of things being removed are not actually, for example, something we would all agree on. I think we would agree that Twitter or Facebook or anybody else could remove a, a, a posting that says, let's go over to so-and-so's home at this address and, and, and engage in an act of violence. I don't think any of us, as rational people, would be okay with that. I think we'd be opposed to that. But if I were to post about... You know, some people who got the COVID vaccine really did get sick. Like the vaccine might have caused them a problem. What do we know about this? You won't allow that? Well, that's a whole different subject. And this is going to be an interesting one for the Supreme Court to, to solve. I wonder to the extent Citizens United comes into play here. Because that was about whether or not corporations have voice. To which I argue yes. Uh, Patagonia, the, the the clothing company, they made news, uh, was it last week or was it early this week? Well, early this week, it's Tuesday. Last week, they gave the company basically to, uh, to a uh, climate concern. The money that the company makes is going to fight climate change. If you ask me, a ridiculous nonsense move. Rid- ridiculous nonsense maneuver. But hey, it's their company, it's their money. If they want to absolutely waste it, you feel free. Knock yourselves out, Patagonia. Me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Columbia man myself. Yeah, if, if you have another brand, I'm all ears. I'm all ears, I'm listening. Um, Patagonia should have the right to engage in conversations they see fit about, um, about, the, about climate or about the environment. I mean, sure. Might not be my conversation, but they're more than entitled to do it. I don't think they should be stopped 
if I were to post that I think environmentalists engage in the radical fringes and would only be happy if no actual human being used air conditioning anywhere. Am I allowed to say that? Because it also happens to be true. That's where, that is where way too many are at. That's really opposed to the idea of human evolution because we're destroying the planet. It's our planet, and we're not destroying the planet. The planet is resilient as can be, and air conditioning saves lives. Well, maybe we don't need this many humans on the planet. Well, um, I don't know what you want me to do about that because I'm not going to go around murdering people. Uh, This is where we're at. We're at the 7 billion. This is where we're at. I don't know. I don't know what you're suggesting, uh, but it's pretty creepy. I'm going to say that much. Are we allowed to have that conversation? Because Patagonia might find it offensive. I don't care if Patagonia finds it offensive. It's, it's inconsequential. I find it ridiculous that they would basically give the company up to some uh, climate concern. I think it's nuts, but they can do it and they can say what they will. I have no idea where the Supreme Court goes on this because I'm not sure exactly where they think the baby gets split. But I'm also very curious to see how this will get argued in front of the court because it'll give us an idea of where they think the presentation is. See, the presentation for the social media companies is we're just uh, making sure that that hateful speech it doesn't exist on our platforms. And by, oh, by the way, they're our platforms. Are we going to say it's not their platform? Are we going to say government involvement prevents it from being just your platform? That your your responsibilities are greater than that of the private citizen or the private company? Can't wait. Not sure when it gets to the Supreme Court. But it will. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. That was created by Joe Biden when he opened up America's southern border. And when you see millions of people that have already come across illegally, what we are seeing all across the country, what's making every single community in America a border town, is the illegal drugs, the fentanyl that's coming across the border with the drug cartels taking operational control over our border when Joe Biden gave that away. A hundred thousand plus deaths of young people last year from fentanyl overdoses and other drugs that are coming across our border illegally. None of this needed to happen. And Republicans have tried over and over again to bring legislation to the floor to secure our southern border, and Democrats want nothing of it. They want an open border. Kamala Harris, who President Biden put in charge of the border, still refuses to go down the border and then acts like she's in denial, goes on TV and says the border's secure. And then, of course, we saw a busload of illegal migrants coming to the Naval Observatory right outside of her house as she's saying the border's secure. That's Steve Scalise, a minority whip in the House for the Republicans, just laying it out, I think, very, very clearly. And he goes into much more detail. The idea that the border is fine and the border is secure, as we talk about over 2 million uh, contacts with illegal immigrants, 
at, at, at the border. And nothing's fine. People believe that the border is open. This is what this is what they've been led to believe that it's all open. When um, of course uh, that shouldn't be the case. And this is again the fault of Biden's policies. The incredible fault of Biden's policies. Biden's policies also on the energy side. Have you heard Larry Summers, a Treasury uh, under Barack Obama, talking about pipelines? It's kind of insane that we have trucks and trains carrying oil all over this country rather than constructing pipelines, which would permit accessing more resources, cheaper, safer transmission. That's incredible because it's honest and it's clear. But the Biden administration doesn't believe in, in, in pipelines. The, the environmentalists would lose their heads if there were more pipelines. Because pipelines mean that we're still going to use gas, and everybody knows we should all live by candlelight at prescribed accepted hours so we don't have too much light pollution. By the way, light pollution, I, I get. You want the, too many lights in the city, you can't really see the night sky and the stars and everything else. And, 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 and that's too bad because the sky is beautiful. But also, you, you get to live a, a, a life where you can see the road in front of you, and that matters too. That matters too. By the way, Ford is making a warning as the stock market's down well over 300. Ford is making a warning that the supply chain issues are going to cost them an extra billion dollars in just the third quarter. They can't get what they need. You're going to have about 45,000 vehicles. High margin trucks, SUVs, as reported by CNBC. They can't make the, 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 the dealers. So they're spending extra to try and get everything. A billion dollars, third quarter alone. Uh, please, don't, do not think that this economy is going to just shake itself off and everything's going to be just fine, fine, fine. That's, that, is, that is not what's happening here. Chips not until 2024. Inflation? The Fed is already signaling it'll probably be three quarters of a point and we'll do it again and again and when we feel like we're at a height, uh, uh, at a number we can live with, we're just going to keep it there until this inflation stops. Whew. It's affecting everybody. It's affecting everything. This is Tony Katz Today. Maybe this is why Don Lemon has lost his show. Maybe this is why Don Lemon no longer will have his own show at night on CNN. He'll be part of the morning crew. Although I never want to insult a morning crew. I'm a morning radio show host. It ain't. It ain't easy. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.Locals.com. Yeah, forget, forget Facebook. <laughs> Done. Done with those losers. TonyKatz.Locals.com. It's free. You can also be a subscriber. Greatly appreciate it if you do. Love you either way. TonyKatz.Locals.com. Don Lemon talking about reparations. And the idea that the royal family should be paying reparations. Oh, holy. Holy hell. That Remember the, the important conversation here, reparations, whether you're talking about slavery or, or anything else. 
There is no number that will suffice. I would say this to any black American anywhere across the country. How do you propose making a deal on reparations that future generations will be held to? How does that work? You want to make a deal saying this was wrong, so therefore this is the amount of dollars. Let's call it $5 trillion. I don't know. I picked the number. Maybe it's $100 trillion, which is going to be a whole another thing. No one's going to agree on the number. Neither here nor there. Whatever the number is, there will be somebody who says not enough. And, and will they be right? Will they be wrong? It's an inconsequential uh, answer, but the question will come back. They'll say not enough. Thus, you'll never make anybody happy with reparations. That's the problem with the entire concept. But let's say in the United States, slavery, reparations, here's the number. How do you get future generations to accept it? How, how, how do you do that? Won't future generations say, wait a second, we didn't get the money. Well, no, 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 your, 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 your parents got the money. My parents were losers and they spent it all. I didn't get anything out of it. Where's my reparations? You don't think that's going to come? Oh, I think that's going to come. I think anybody who believes that reparations is the answer to anything is out of their mind. But Don Lemon, being out of his mind, wants to go down this road uh, with uh, this um, a guest who uh, seems to have an expertise on the royal family because we're talking about, of course, the United Kingdom and colonialism and imperialism and empire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes kind of stunning. Right. Well, this is coming when, you know, this, all of this wealth and you hear about it comes as England is facing rising costs of living, a living crisis, austerity budget cuts, and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism and they're wondering you know 100 billion dollars 24 billion dollars here and there 500 million there some people want to be paid back and uh, and members of the public are wondering why are we suffering when you are you know you have all of this vast wealth those are legitimate concerns the wealth of the king or of the, of the royal family um that is uh, a a vestige of history as the royal family's power is a vestige of history, uh, now we we would argue that it is nothing more than than a figurehead uh, position and not one with any uh, strength. But the idea that you're going to now say to these people, well, we're going to sell Buckingham Palace. Well, you can probably get $7 billion for Buckingham Palace, but we're going to knock Buckingham Palace to the ground and we're going to put up a, 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 a mall. We're going to, we're going to put in uh, some, some warehousing space. We're going to... I, well, do you really think Buckingham Palace remains? Do you really think any of the properties remain if they were to just to be sold? Buckingham Palace is part of, well, Britain's allure for, let's say, tourism. Is it a tourist spot? How many people are going to say, you can't tear down Buckingham Palace? It has to remain as a museum or as a this or as a... If you want to argue 
that people who have wealth got it in all sorts of ways and you don't like some of the ways, you feel free. If your argument is they now have to give up that wealth to make other people happy, this is a very strange proposition. And when we talk about the United Kingdom, who are they going to give it up to? The people? They'd have to sell it. There has to be a buyer for it. And then the buyer owns the property. When somebody wants to turn Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle into Dave and Buster's and literally have multiple stories of laser tag, what's your plan? How do you think that's going to work out? Don't you think there's going to be some uproar about that too? My argument is not to understand history or not to not understand history. Understand it. Research. Study. Absolutely. But recognize where we are right now. It just has to be done. Meanwhile, uh, the guest, um, oh, this is good. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when across the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla- uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. Now, the only other place I have ever heard anybody publicly discuss this is right here on this show. Because we have discussed, if we're going to discuss the horrors of slavery, we must discuss all of the horrors of slavery. I believe in discussing history as the good, the great, the bad, and the ugly. You want to claim that the United States, utilizing that as the conversation right now, is just is just as bigoted place because of slavery. You can. But unless you discuss how these slaves were put into slavery and sold into slavery, you're not having a total conversation. First of all, you have to have a conversation of slavery the world over, including all those South American countries. And then you have to discuss the fact that brothers sold brother into slavery in African nations. Brother sold brother, brother sold sister, brother sold uncle, brother sold aunt. That's what happened. This woman is absolutely accurate. 150% correct. Her name is Hillary Fordwich. I don't know anything about her. She uh, the uh, From CNN, it says uh, that she's a global business consultant. Okay. She's absolutely accurate that this is what happened. Africans sold Africans into slavery. And anybody who wants to pretend that the history isn't the history is more than welcome to, but they're out of their minds. They're liars and they're frauds. History is ugly. What man did to man is ugly. Our recognition should be about how things got better, about how we worked 
towards making them better. And we can discuss work that we still need to do. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. A more perfect union. Without the full uh, breadth and dimension of history, there is no way to understand it. And you look at all the people and all the social media squawking that work aggressively to not engage the totality of the history, but rather want to insult you or burden you, regardless of your skin color, with select facts as opposed to total conversation. That is to elicit a specific response and to keep you from thinking. It is to create anger over here and ignorance over there. And our answer? (laughs) Hell no. Let's have it all. Now, I haven't given you the response. Because this woman, Hillary Fordwich, she's going to town. Hillary Fordwich is her name. And she's like, if we're going to pay reparations, how about to those uh, British on the high seas who lost their lives trying to stop slavery? And uh, Don Lemon doesn't have much to say. We need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages. Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss in the future. Dumbstruck. He was dumbstruck. He didn't expect the answer. He didn't know the answer was possible. Am I to believe Don Lemon doesn't know this basic part of history? No. I think Don Lemon is amazed that somebody would bring this basic part of history up. People are not inherently good or bad because of skin color or because of religion or because of race or because of any other ethnicity issue or sexual orientation. I have met very lovely white people and I have met total human garbage white people and I have met absolutely lovely black people and I have met absolutely terrible black people. I have met very wonderful gay people and I have met very terrible gay people. There are two sides to the bell curve. I have met very lovely Jews, and I have met some absolutely horrific Jews. There are two sides to the bell curve. And being part of some protected class, by the way, if you believe in protective class, you suck. I, I, by the way, you're not, you're not hearing me wrong. I lately am just, just like, how many, how many, how many lighters do I have? How many, how many, fires can I set? I'm burning a couple of things down. I'm finding it rather freeing. It's enough already. If you think that people are inherently good or inherently bad because of a characteristic, well, you're an awful person. You're a bigot. Why are we, why are we pretending? Why are we somehow giving these people any level of cover whatsoever? If you think people are good because of, uh, of their this color and bad because they're that color, I don't want to know you. I don't want you in my house. You're garbage. There are two sides to the bell curve, and some people are good and some people aren't. And throughout history, this is true. So why don't we teach the totality of history as opposed to letting some people who politically want certain things to be? I don't care what they want politically. They don't matter to me. 
Ah, oh, we need to teach DEI and 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 show that you know uh, the the white privilege, and we need to show uh, that every person person who's black is is abused, and they can never get ahead because of the system. They got to be t- who in the world wants that? It is absolutely when when we see these people engage in in, in this, and it's 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 black people, it's white people, it's it's Hispanic people and Asian people, people all across all spectrums. They're engaging in a, a, a really a selective history, as opposed to a totality of history, which is very messy. People can be really ugly. It's like when they claim, oh, the, the, the Spaniards came to America and destroyed the, 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 the native people, these peaceful native people. They weren't peaceful. You're telling me the tribe didn't attract, uh, uh, attack tribe? Tribe didn't kill tribe? Tribe didn't rape the women of other tribes? Of course they did. Because people have a tendency to be awful. Not all people, not all the time, not in every generation were they awful until now and finally we figured it out. No, people today are still awful. We talk about child sex trafficking. We talk about abuse. People do awful things. And we set up rules and regulations and laws to try and punish those who engage in the awful things and to stop those awful things from happening. And we engage conversations about morality and utilize tools like religion, belief, faith, in order to teach people an idea of right versus wrong and how to control one's impulses because those impulses are wrong and you're not allowed to simply abuse another person. My gosh, it ain't perfect, but these are attempts and in the vast amount of cases they work out pretty well that's why when we see something horrific the vast majority of us go holy cow that's horrific but to not recognize history to not to not recognize that black people sold black people into slavery that's nuts and you notice i say black people I don't use the term African-American because I find that to be outrageously bigoted. First, uh, how, how wonderfully America-centric. And secondly, what if you are black but you didn't come from Africa? Why are you being called an African-American? What if you came from the Caribbean? What if you came from somewhere in South America? Why in the world should, must it be only this way? Because it's selective. And it's about bastardizing history, which I don't think should happen. And I think you don't think should happen. I love this piece that took place on CNN. Oh, the look on Don Lemon's face. It should go on a t-shirt, so help me God. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. This might very well be my favorite story of the day. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, TonyKatz.locals.com, TonyKatz.locals.com. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation has decided uh, that Ben Shapiro is a threat. I don't know if you ever met Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, you know, uh, Daily Wire, the podcast, everything else. Ben Shapiro is maybe five foot three. Uh, maybe wears weighs at ninety pounds, um, uh, uh, sopping wet. Referring to uh, Shapiro as discriminatory, and talking about how Shapiro is not affiliated with any hate groups, 
Experts in media, gender studies, and the radicalization of young men say the commentator's content is prevalent in online extremist communities. You mean the content of an Orthodox Jew is prevalent in extremist communities? Sure. What, whatever, you, uh, whatever you say. I mean, literally, it's an article about how Ben Shapiro is leading men into online radicalization. That's, um, that's a take. Okay, as Ben writes, the views they claim I have apparently include the objectification of women, which is a strange charge to level against an Orthodox Jew who promotes virginity until marriage, which I admit that is a, that is a weird uh, take. They can't, they can't stop saying this person's bad, that person's bad because they don't agree with us. They don't agree with us, so they're radicalizing people. They don't agree with us, so they're dangerous. They don't, don't agree with us, so they have to be silenced. It's it's everything we should aggressively fight against. Really and truly. Oh, maddening story. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.